Good morning, Sac City. Thanks for following wherever you download your podcast. You want to see what this city has to offer? Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button for the best NFL content on the interwebs. Sac City, baby! City, welcome into another episode of. Well, you know what? This is not just another episode of the Sac City podcast. It's a very special edition. If we're going to call it that, we're going to roll with whatever we want to roll with today. Uh, welcome into another show presented by the Sac City podcast. I'm your host, <laughs> the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by, let me do this little switch so I don't seem like a racist piece of shit. Joined as always by my best friend, Aaron Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, AJ Johnson it is a beautiful August 10th morning here in the city episode or volume one of our fantasy <laughs> football content is about to be underway. We are kicking things off hot and heavy today, bringing you rankings, things to not do during fantasy drafts, league winners. There's just a whole lot of fantasy talk coming in this show that you're not going to want to miss. So stay tuned. To all of that, Aaron, you are considered the Muxiah of fantasy football because at one point you were in 47 fantasy football leagues last season. How are you doing this morning? And can we get an update on your league number or your league total this season? Yeah, first, I'll, I'll answer your, your your second question first. Uh, my leagues have reduced drastically. Um, I am, I am wow. scaling back. Uh, my dominance over you guys and all most people in this world of fantasy football this year. Uh, we got a lot going on with Sac City and work. And so I am going to scale back a little bit. I'm tired of dominating the entire United States in fantasy football. So I am scaling back to probably, it'll be around 10 leagues, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see as it gets closer. I always say that. And then I end up in 20 or so anyways, just because people ask me to play, but um, it will be a number that's less than 47. Um, and how I'm doing this morning, I'm cranky. I'm cranky. I'm 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 gonna be honest. I'm cranky. Not happy. Not yeah. happy. Yeah. You don't know how you don't know what the show title is. You're talking about maybe <laughs> we're gonna get into yeah. some rankings. Well, yeah, we yeah. know we're getting into rankings. We're pulling the curtain yeah. back. I spent time doing the well, damn rankings. We're gonna get into them. So so, um, so if if we're gonna almost we're gonna two pull, hours two hours of sleep. So uh, yeah, I'm cranky. If we're gonna if we're really gonna pull the curtain back and we're just gonna be spicy this show and that's how it's gonna be, we wouldn't be in this motherfucking mess if someone <laughs> wanted to go live at uh, midnight when we normally record. But no, we made Oof. we made sacrifices. Too much curtain. We made sacrifices. Too much curtain. <laughs> you made sacrifices. We. Uh, no, I, I believe we, both of you I guys. We. Wait, wait, wait. I believe both of you guys had the ability to get off of work. And go to bed at a normal time yesterday. Well, if you chose of, to do so, some of I us, did not have that choice. Uh, you know what? I you know what? I didn't I'm have a choice of person. dying from COVID. That's what I didn't have the choice of. But I digress. Well, my fault. No you're one wants to hear. Besides, 
No Not one wants, immune system sucks. No one wants to hear us bitch and moan this early in the morning. So we are going to dive right in to your fantasy <laughs> rankings here. Aaron, why don't you well, you don't know how it's we're gonna do this because gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> through the damn computer <laughs> is that is that how that works is, is can you get COVID through? is that is it that a is thing? a virus but oh boom yeah i did that on purpose let's do it let's go okay all right well let's let's let's, let's... worse than my fish pun go hey man i actually enjoy your fish puns let's not uh let's let's not the best Something fish punch best fish puns in the world, in the world. All right, Perfect. let's get into it here. We are going to go by position position in rankings to help you guys win your draft. Really, this show in the month of August is going to be so you guys can have the best possible drafts to kick your seasons off right. And Aaron, again, we joking aside, you are considered the Muxiah on this show. You have been considered that as a fan, the fantasy expert, quote, expert of the show, but Obviously, sometimes you have your hot moments, your cold moments, but you give us rankings here. You give the people rankings. So what we're going to do is we are going to go position by position throughout the month of August, breaking down your two highs, your two lows, and giving you beautiful people at home the best possible list, tiers list, basically, a rankings list to help you win your draft. So let's get to the running backs. Aaron, here is your top 12 running backs, starting with Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, rounding out the top six there. AJ, what name pops off this top 12 list that makes you say either too high, too low, just right? Maybe a player that you're like, okay, I love this. I love him going out on a limb. Maybe it's go, go ahead. What player is it? All right. So uh, for me here, I'll take the the I'll actually I won't say easy because it's kind of an anomaly here. And uh, I can understand why you put him at to- number 10 with Alvin Kamara. Uh, I, part of me thinks that's just a respect number uh, with him pot with him missing about six weeks of the season. I guess that has not been confirmed, but that seems to be the consensus that everybody is expecting to happen. Uh, you know, we're going to need a high level of just straight consistency for him to jump back up to that number 10 spot. Um, so I think with with Alvin Kamara's talent, that is a possibility. But I also think with the fact that there's so much more weaponry in New Orleans this year with the addition of Chris Olave, who they enjoy a lot, uh, with Jarvis Landry being the stud of a wide receiver he is, with Michael Thomas coming back, and I get it, with Aaron, he doesn't he doesn't care about Michael Thomas until he's on the field playing the game uh, of football with contact on pads, 11 on 11. I understand it, but the other consensus and definitely around that New Orleans uh, organization is that Michael Thomas looks just as good as he did when he left uh, in 2020. So I think coming back with suspensions may make it a little hard for Alvin Kamar to get into the top 10 with so many other targets and weaponry around him. Uh, but with the respect and talent for him, I can see why he got there, but, for my too high, I wouldn't go with Alvin Kamara slightly, maybe just out of that top twelve. And I, I know, I know that this should like this show and uh, your your analysis on things is, is getting we're getting getting used to this. We're getting back into the field of fantasy football. I'm I'm agree- I'm disagreeing with you, and I, I'm I'm I love I love Alvin Kamara. Where I, I you got him at ten, I'd have him even higher. I don't think I, I'm I'm going to be honest here. I don't think he gets suspended this year. I think that they're going to keep pushing this thing back. Uh, and, and even if even if it does get 
even if he does get suspended, I, I can understand where you're coming from. But I, I, I got to say, I don't think he gets suspended and he's going to be higher than 10. Like that's ge- like that's generous. I have him and that could be my two my two low here. I'd have him over Nick Chubb uh, with with the Sean Watson, that thing looming. Nick Chubb's value might be high because it could be Jacoby Brissett quarterback. But I'd have Alvin Kamara over DeAndre Swift. I'd have him over. Honestly, I'm not as high on Derrick Henry as a lot of people. I'm even lower than Aaron. You would have Derrick Henry. I would have Alvin Kamara over Derrick Henry just because that that passing volume in New Orleans, like you said, AJ, they do have a lot of weapons. I get that. I get that Chris Olave is there. I get Michael Thomas is there. I get Jarvis Landry is there. But, I mean, Alvin Kamara is still that dude in that offense. He's going to be getting all the work in the the run game. I'm sure he's going to – have some carries taken away by Mark Ingram, but not, I can't imagine that much. And also the fact that he is still the best. He, he Even with Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave there, Alvin Kamara still might be the best pass catcher there on that team. He is that good. And I think for fantasy purposes, he would still be higher, even at even higher than number 10, in my opinion, with the suspension I don't think is coming. You guys put me in a position here because you guys now put me in a position to argue higher than 10, but lower than what Vinny is saying by you both kind of disagreeing and me being kind of in the middle there. I'll start with uh, AJ's point. Um, he played 13 games last year and was RB. I, I think at the running back position with the amount of injuries, the amount of time people miss, I think even if, say, let's say he does miss six games this year. And I don't, I'm with Vinny. I don't think he gets suspended this year. But let's say he does get six games this year, which would be kind of weird seeing that John Watson only has six games. I think it would be a little bit less, maybe four. But if he does get six games, well, he missed four games last year, and he was still RB8. And, again, we talk about the running back position and all the injuries that you deal with. I think there's a substantial chance that he can still produce RB10 numbers. We're talking about only 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. I think Alvin Kamara could do that in 11 games or or whatever it is. So – um, around those numbers. So I think that he can still produce that volume, even with the six games suspension. So then I think you look at, okay, is he going to be able to produce those numbers in this offense? And to, to your point of having so many weapons there now, yeah, maybe his numbers from a sheer volume perspective come down, but maybe his efficiency continues to rise because there are these other weapons in this offense. Um, I don't want to say that he's going to be better than guys like Najee Harris or DeAndre Swift. Um, number right. one, because I think their volume is going to be higher than Alvin Harris, even if he plays the entire season. I think Najee Harris is going to get a more workload. I think DeAndre Swift is going to be that guy in the Detroit backfield that's going to see the volume. And then you take the talent that they have and what they were able to do last year. Remember, DeAndre Swift was top three back when he was healthy. Top three. Like, he was getting that type of work. Um, I, so I see guys like that that have the talent of an Alvin Kamara, uh, but also get that volume and that we know we're going to get that volume. I think I still lean heavily towards them. Um, Najee Harris proved that he could be a workhorse in that offense. Um, I think that the question becomes, is Alvin Kamara better than guys like Derrick Henry uh, because of the passing game volume? And I told you I wasn't a fan of Derrick Henry this year. I put him at seven out of sheer respect for what he's done over the past two seasons. But I I did mention that I could see Derrick Henry falling out of of the RB1 talk this year. Um, But again, out of respect, I I put him at number seven because I know where he's being drafted. So I think 10 is just a good spot. I think it's a safe spot for Kamara. I also think that's probably where he's going to be going in most drafts because of the looming suspension, because of the uncertainty surrounding him. I think he does just drop a little bit. And you're going to go, we're going to talk about this later when we get to some of our draft strategies. Um, I think you're going to go with other guys 
instead of Elvis Marinette. I have him as my 10th best. But again, took him at eight. You took him at 12. Yeah. I think we're all around the same area. And it's it's kind of like what yeah. you want what you want to do specifically for your team. So it's really, really close. Um, those are just some of the reasons why I put him at 10 and 12. Yeah, I, I think I think really when you look at your top 12 list here, it a lot of people do, I'm sure it jumps out that Derrick Henry is at seven. And I think I, I, I AJ, I'm pretty sure you I, I feel like you're on board with the, with us on the, on this train here that Derrick Henry is just a interesting name a, not even necessarily a confusing name but just a name and someone that we really th- do think falls off not falls off like to the point where he's like really <laughs> sucks but like you know that there's people out there that sees derrick henry at number seven on a top 12 running backs list and uh, realistically you look at one through seven there if you go by your rankings aaron you're not drafting derrick henry in the first round that's not derrick henry ain't a first round pick in my, in my opinion like that's a that's a fringe first round pick right there because you you consider the wide Four receivers wide. maybe two two wide receivers two or three wide receivers you add in a a wild card of maybe a Travis Kelsey because you love Travis Kelsey so much and Derrick Henry might fall out of might fall out of round one and according to your rankings would you be would you avoid Derrick Henry like I know we're going to talk about players you must avoid later and maybe Derrick Henry isn't that one of those players but would you avoid drafting Derrick Henry? Um, I've been playing fantasy. How long has Derrick Henry been in the league? Four, five, six years? Yeah. I have never drafted Derrick Henry. Does that mean you've avoided him? So there's your answer. I have never drafted him. And, yeah. and I've been okay with being on the wrong side of, of the 2,000-yard season. or like. But in PPR formats, Derrick Henry is very – he's very limited. I know, again, he's never been the RB1, but yet he's rushed for 2,000 yards. Like, I don't draft players like that. I tend to want guys that are versatile that can bring more than just the run game because in today's NFL, when the run games get shut down, you have to be able to do something else um, in order to be valuable. And I think that's just something I've always shied away from. So I've always been more of a dual threat, you know, the Christian McCaffrey types. It's the same reason why I'm not like, I don't have Jonathan Taylor number one. It's not that Jonathan Taylor can't catch out of the backfield. But when I look at the ceiling of a Jonathan Taylor, who had an amazing year last year, and then I look at the ceiling of a Christian McCaffrey, when he's full course of games and full skill set, I'm like, Jonathan Taylor would never touch Christian McCaffrey. Like, there's just only – he's limited on his upside based on how they use him in the offense, pass-catching ability, uh, mixed with, obviously, the ability to run the football. So I tend to shy away from those guys just naturally, but I'm not upset when people take them. I'm not saying, oh, you shouldn't draft them. I'm just saying that's somebody that I choose to avoid because I like versatility. I like upside. That's usually what I play for in my that's fair. That's fair. Let's go on to the back half of your top 24 running backs here. We're looking at the RB2s for, for Aaron and the, the Mutai's ranking. It starts off with Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery up until 18. AJ, what name pops off this list here that you think is either too high, too low, or maybe a little just right? <laughs> that was so- <laughs> uh, well. uh, you got me there that was a fun one uh this uh i'm gonna go with eliza mitchell uh for a couple reasons here one our uh favorite little little child dylan's not on the show and he'd be seething if i talked about how i think eliza mitchell is too low on this list uh and two i think eliza mitchell's gonna get uh back-to-back years of some really solid run 
Uh, I understand that Trey Lance is there this year, and I understand he brings a running powers that you may have to uh, battle with a little bit. But I think that is going to allow Elijah Mitchell to be another threat, kind of like not to the extent of the Lamar Jackson-led backfield, but to the extent of knowing that they have multiple running options to deal with. I think this is one of the first years you're going to see back-to-back rushing leaders in a Kyle Shanahan offense in quite some time. And I think they really like what Elijah Mitchell showed he was capable of last season. Uh, We know Trey Sermon has not ever lived up to the ball since he's been there. And I know they got guys like a Jermichael Hasey or Jeff Wilson Jr. But I think it's undoubtedly that uh, Elijah Mitchell is the lead in that backfield. And I think he's poised for a second Uh, breakout season and of course all these conversations are always barring injury Um, so I'm going to say I think Elijah Mitchell could possibly raise into that uh, top 20 conversation and uh, pretty comfortable with that conversation with that thought process Aaron Uh, I've soured a little bit on Elijah Mitchell I I, I like him I think he's going to be fine where where he's at like I think he's a solid RB2 flex play but the biggest thing here is again passing game work and I worry about that with Trey Lance like, how much are they going to be dumping off to running backs in the backfield? Could he run for 1,000 yards and, you know, 1,100 yards and four, eight to 10 touchdowns? Sure. That's only going to be good enough to get you at RB20 if you have zero passing down work, zero passing work. And last year we saw this. We saw him only get 19 catches last year for 137 yards. And that was with Jimmy G, who I feel a lot more comfortable with dumping the ball off. Um, he also would be banged up oftentimes through throughout games and again i'm not saying he's injury prone but i think there'll be times where he'll come off the field and get back in and most running backs do so i just worry about that upside being limited with him i really really like him as a runner i think he could have a really good year on the ground again i think he's top well over a thousand yards maybe get to 10 touchdowns total but i think the passing work is going to keep him from again kind of cracking those when you look at those rankings again we're talking about guys like Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, yeah. guys that are getting passing down work, that are scoring touchdowns that we know we're going to get in the end zone. Um, hard for me to jump him ahead of those guys. Even guys like Saquon Barkley, who we know is just about injury risk. At this point. Um, it's hard for me to move him up. Maybe you can move him up over Cam Akers if, if somehow Dev, um, why can't I, uh, Gerald Henderson is splitting time. But outside of that, I couldn't find a way to get Elijah Mitchell any higher than where I put him. And I think He's kind of the next best guy out of that group of the Damian Harris's that don't get passing down work. Uh, Miles Sanders, who's in and out of lineups, guys like that. I think he's the next best guy, and that's why I couldn't get him in. You want to know what it really is? This is this is my way of saying something else. I decided to go <laughs> with Elijah Mitchell because I could have also went with Josh Jacobs. <laughs> and I know, I know, like, I know how much you're like, no, Josh Jacobs is that dude. He's going to be in there this season. And all I keep hearing every time I turn on a television, anytime I turn on a podcast, everybody for whatever reason or for multiple reasons thinks Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs is going to take another step back this year. And uh, we, we got to see some of the other pieces they were using in the preseason game. And it's week one. We saw Josh Jacobs fighting to be out there. We talked about how we talked about how Josh Jacobs loves to be on the field. Well, maybe that was Josh Jacobs saying, I need to remind people that I do deserve to continue to be this num- this undoubted tote me running back one, don't touch any of my carries type of guy. Uh, when Josh McDaniels, who's never really had a guy who's had over 200 carries, uh, 
comes in here and is going to be looking to supplant in the passing game with the new guy in Devontae Adams. Be looking to use his guys. I understand Brandon Bolden's not a receiving back, but Josh Josh McDaniels brought him there for a reason. I think he's going to use him. So we uh, got to stop Brandon so, Bolden. Um, stop bringing up Brandon Bolden. I'm not saying he's taking nope. over the backfield. How much is Brandon Bolden going to be? Brandon Bolden is a great special teams player. He is not, <laughs> and he is not going to be a factor in that running back room. I don't know why your obsession with Brandon, Brandon Bolden. Bolden play no, on. You see what I'm saying? I say a name, and all of a sudden. Him on the but why are we bringing him up? That's that. That's that trigger. Name. Remember which white was on this team? If it was Zamir or Rashad, and I didn't want to be wrong, so I went with the other guy because we know King and Drake is only good for three weeks before that ankle falls off. So what I'm saying is that this there's going to be a rotation, and I'm not saying like. All right, hey, Josh Jacobs, I know you're running hot because Josh McDaniels is smart. If Josh Jacobs is balling out, he's not just going to pull him because he's the know-it-all, bend-all. But I do believe that they're going to be giving other people carries, and I do believe that this is going to be a heavier passing uh, passing offense than it was before. So so you really wanted to talk about Josh Jacobs. That's what you wanted not to talk Not really, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, because you just brought it up, and now, now you're, you're making me go somewhere I don't really want to go at this point of the show. Good. Right, I, 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 will hold back, I will hold back my Josh Jacobs take because – we will talk about him. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I gotta I wanna get into one more name before we move on here. And I know we gotta we gotta move on, but I just I wanna got Aaron, I need to talk to you, man. I need to talk to you. This is very serious. Very serious. At number 24, you got Travis Etienne. <laughs> and Etienne has been a player that I feel like we've been back and bouncing back and forth with whether or not we are going to believe in Travis Etienne being that RB two type of running back or whether he's going to fall behind. Where's James Robinson when it comes to this injury and how is he going to come back? Like that's all these thoughts that are going through our head right now. You obviously believe in in Travis Etienne, at least at the RB two value, because one, you don't have James Robinson in your top, in your top 24. You have Travis Etienne right there. I just, I, I don't know. I, I need. I at least need you to explain yourself as to why you have Travis Etienne at twenty four and your your thoughts on that Jaguars backfield. So I want to make this very clear, and I'm not trying to pull the the ESPN Stephen A. Smith card. But this this list is fluid. <laughs> this is a fluid list, right? We, it's something that changes as we go through the year. Like week to week, I provide rankings. Um, right now, you can't put James Robinson ahead of Travis Etienne because James Robinson is likely not to be getting that compliment of work early in the season because he is coming back from injury. So this is strictly about um, opportunity. And, and you look at the names that I have behind Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, who's a rookie, J.K. Dobbins coming back from injury, A.J. Dillon, who we're not sure what that's going to look like yet. Chase Edmonds, again, a running back maybe by committee that we don't know. Rashad Penny, like these guys are all Clyde edwards Laird. We don't know what's going on in any of those back. We don't know what the – the, the workload's going to be like. So I'm taking talent. I'm taking opportunity in an offense where outside of a James Robinson, there's not much there for me. Like I think Travis Etienne is clearly the next guy. And I think that with James Robinson still having to work his way back, looking a little bit chunky in the preseason or the, or the off season, he looks like he needs to get into game shape. I'll be honest. He looks a little slower. He He's looks a thick boy. He's a, thick a little boy. bit thicker than he did last year. And I know that again, you being injured, you have to work towards that. But I think early in the season, that's going to give Travis Etienne some opportunities to produce running back two and, and flex value appeal. We have to, I consistently say this, running backs are not deep. We see a lot of names. And over the course of the year, there's a lot of guys that stand out and have good weeks or a couple of good weeks in a row. There were shot pennies late last year. But overall, the course of, of a year, consistency throughout the entire year, 
the running back position is slim. So when you start talking running back two to flex, you're hoping that these guys produce that. Uh, yeah, Travis Etienne right now, I, would, I, I feel confident that he can produce weekly running back two to flex value, to uh, yeah, high flex value. And, and I'm, not, I'm not wavering on that. I don't think that changes for the foreseeable future. Um, I did say that I thought him and James Robinson are both flex plays. At the I don't think either one is going to stand out enough. And I, I know all the talk out of Jags has been, James Robinson's a three-down guy. Yeah. I don't buy it. I don't know if that he's going to score enough touchdowns. I don't know that he's going to get enough work in the passing game to, to produce at that level when you have a guy like Travis Etienne in the backfield, regardless of how they want to use him out of the passing game. Very similar to what you see a, a, an Aaron Jones and an A.J. Dillon without Aaron Rodgers. That, to me, is scary. That could, that's, imagine those two in the same backfield without Aaron Rodgers. He's probably got two flex play running backs. That's kind of where I'm at with, the, with those two. Okay. All right. I mean, I, 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 that's, that's fair. I do think both are going to be very good, very good flex plays. I do lean more towards James Robinson. I am, I am buying all of the hype that that is surrounding James Robinson during these, this training camp. And I do think he ends up being, I, I, I think it ends up being flipped where it's, it's James Robinson as the RB two out of that, out of that group. And then Travis Etienne is that solid flex play. That's very, that's very possible, yeah, I, again, like I said. But I don't see that week one because James Robinson hasn't played. And he hasn't been working like Travis Etienne has been working. He hasn't been back from his injury as long as he's been back. That could very well be the case as we move throughout the season. I just, like I said, this point, August 10th, whatever it is, going into preseason week one or week two, I guess, for them, um, James Robinson has to get on the field and show me first. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's move on now. That was our rankings here. Uh, we are about to get into our keys to the city. Keys to the draft uh, for you guys. We're calling it keys to the city. But first, Aaron, we've got a new sponsor of the show. Please. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. We're, we're doing that? Uh, oh, we're doing that now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go, you got to go to AJ first. You got to do the social <laughs> read first. AJ, please tell the beautiful people at home. Well, you know, I'm going to take the bullet again. We're going to play the music because the last time, you know, it's been playing. AJ, please tell the people at home where they can follow us at. Wait, we're, we're doing that? <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding, ladies and gentlemen. We're always doing that at Sac City Pod. So why don't you always do that too by heading over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and hitting those likes, hitting those follows, hitting those shares with your boys at Sac City Pod. The football season is upon us, which means you are getting the top tier content Monday through Friday and probably twice on Sunday probably probably at Sac City Pod on Facebook Twitter TikTok Instagram and YouTube please tell somebody about it your boys are back in town hashtag DMSC oh good job AJ and you know what it is listen support for the wonderful Sac City show now brought to you by Manscaped who is the best and men's below the waist grooming. That's right, their products are precision engineered. Tools for your family jewels. So the performance package from Manscaped is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million, 6 million men worldwide. This exclusive offer, 20% off, free worldwide shipping with the code SACCITY at manscaped.com. My math is correct, fellas. That is 12 million balls. You know how much I love these smooth balls? Like after, after you shave with the Manscaped 4.0, it's smooth, man. I'm telling you, you start to again hand down the pants just a little bit more than usual. I trust me, I use the pack, I use the performance package number four 
4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, it is a game changer. Inside the package, you find the lawnmower 4.0, trimmer, the weed whacker, ear and hair, ear and nose hair trimmer, prop, ball preserver, and of course that reviver toner. And you get some special boxer briefs that Vinny walks around the house and usually. Um, I haven't taken them off. He still hasn't taken them off. Fourth generation trimmer, featuring cutting, cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. So get your 20% off and free shipping with the code SACCITY at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com using our special promo code SACCITY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for your tools. So like, let me get this straight. Let me just ask you this question. Like, like, like man to man here, like, like we're talking as homie, like, so when, like after you use the lawnmower and like you get everything all so fresh and so clean, clean down there and like nice and tidied up, like you walking down the street with like your hands in your pants, just feeling Listen, man, like. You, you, okay, so not necessarily down the street. You 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 like Married with Children. It's one of your favorite shows. I do. I you do. You do the Bundy a lot more. You do a lot more than usual. Okay. And you're just all like, right. Man, okay. It's just smooth down right. there. It's a nice okay. feeling. Hey, look, man, look. You know how people we are sensitive to touch as human beings. Things are soft, has a nice feel, not a little scruffy, not all rough. No. Okay. All I'm right. A little bit. Not uh, in I, a nasty way, man. Get your mind hey, out of the gutter, Vinny. Hey, 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 no, hey, you brought up the Al Bundy reference. That's that's right, that hits right at home with me, okay? That right? hits right with me. I home, do that all so the time. I get it. My wife always yells at me, like, why is your hand in your pants? And I'm like, well, you know, but now I have I a reason. Man, I use the manscaped. Now I have a reason. Trimmer. Babe, I just manscaped. That's going to be my re. Next time she hits me with that, I'm going to be like, babe, I just manscaped. That's what's going to come. I'll get your there manscaped you products today. Use that promo code SACCITY at checkout for 20% off. Uh, it's time now to get into our keys to the city, our draft strategies that are going to help you win your fantasy leagues. Aaron, why don't you uh, give us those draft strategies on what how people are going to win those fantasy leagues? Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to take some of these one by one, obviously not go too much in depth but um look and this might i know Vinny, this is gonna hit you hard because last year you I, I tell you these things and don't take a quarterback and ryan Tannehill screws you and all this stuff yada 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 but people <laughs> don't cave don't cave okay do not cave to the pressure of drafting a quarterback early look we can all go out and spend the second round pick on the third round pick on josh allen the easy thing to do right? Because he's so much better than everybody else. But once you get outside of those top guys, they're all the same. There's, you know, what separates uh, a Patrick Mahomes and a Jalen Hurts over the course of uh, the 17-game season is, is not going to be a lot. It's going to be a point and a half per week. And you're going to lose so much value by reaching for a Patrick Mahomes in the third or reaching for, you know, uh, who's the a Kyler Murray in the, in the third or fourth instead of just waiting sitting still and taking an Aaron Rodgers in the eighth, the ninth. Um, so just don't, don't feel the pressure of thinking, oh, quarterback is so important. Now, again, we are talking standard 12-team leagues. We are talking no super flex. Obviously, with super flex leagues, quarterbacks become much more important uh, because you have to have two of them. Um, and then we start getting into the, if you wait, you might end up with, you know, Mitch Trubisky and, and and Dustin <laughs> Fields or Mitch Trubisky and you know who knows so um so obviously structure of your league matters don't get caught up in the in the quarterback I have to get one early it, it'll be okay 
Okay, Jameis Winston is out there, and Jameis Winston can produce good quality numbers, and he probably doesn't go until the 13th round or whatever it is. So uh, be patient when it comes to quarterbacks. That's my first uh, key to the city. Second is zero running back is not an effective strategy. Um, and, and I'm st- – and go ahead. I, this no. is this – is, this is the one I have been and th- I, I, when I once I read this zero running back is not I saw it in the doc I'm like wait a second I've been seeing a ton of fantasy analysts this year talking about you do not have to commit to a running back early and like if you are doing zero running back you are losing leagues you are not winning leagues I promise you that the problem with going zero running back is it's not a deep position and then people say well they always get injured well, you know what? Yeah, but guess what? RB15, RB16, and RB17, they get injured too. And so if that's your RB1, and then you now lose them, now you're at RB35 as your number one running back. I'm sorry, that's not an effective strategy. Wide receiver position is deep. There are more wide receivers to be had. Quarterbacks are deep. There are more quarterbacks to be had. Running back, going zero running back is not an effective strategy. Running backs will always reign supreme in fantasy football because they are the most scarce position outside of tight end, which we all know. Um, but once you get outside the top three, there's, they're all the same. So uh, don't be that guy. Don't go into the fifth, sixth round looking and say, oh, no, I don't know who my RB1 is. And now it's Kareem Hunt, so, who you don't so- know is going to get a workload every week. Now it's you know somebody else that's in a running back by committee. Do not do the zero running back strategy if you want to win. Go ahead. So, so what's the latest? You're t- like, you better have your RB one by the fourth, by the you're third. Not, Are you? If you're not drafting a. If you're not drafting an RB one in the first two rounds, you're 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 okay. in trouble. Um, you think about the running backs that go, uh, in the first two rounds, right? So overall, you're probably talking. You might get away with with the third round. You might because this year you got guys like Zeke and 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 James Conner or David Montgomery that might drop to the third round. You might be able to get away with it. But if you're sitting in the middle of that third round as your next pick, they're probably gone by the middle of the third round. So now you're looking at guys like um, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell. Not, not those are your ones. If those are, are your RB1s, you are going to be in trouble because their upside is limited. So, um, again, there's a ton of different strategies. People work. Make sure you at least get a running back in your first three rounds. Um, you go zero running back strategy, I promise you're going to be hurting. Unless you are able to just get every breakout player at the wide receiver position um, and not miss on any draft picks, you're going to be struggling at the running back position. So every waiver wire running backs that are picked up, but you have to be the guy that gets those guys. So you don't just get to say, well, I'll just pick one up when somebody gets hurt. That's nice. Are you going to have the waiver wire priority? Are you going to bid enough to get them? Are you going to have the handcuff already on your roster? That's that's something completely different. So um, just be safe. Zero running back strategy. Stay away. Go ahead, AJ. I know you love the strategy so much. I don't know if I want to talk because if I say a word, it means that I'm <laughs> married to my thought for that for life. Like it means I am obsessed completely. You got that Carson Wentz jersey in the mail? I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> I say you got that Carson Wentz jersey in the mail? in the mail i got five of them hanging on my my <laughs> wall according to you guys every just waiting for him to come to the falcons yo. Dakota State. <laughs> uh, are we waiting for him to finish his strategies before no, we go, go, ahead. No, go ahead. okay no, no. so i'll say this i don't think zero running back strategy is something you should enter the draft into 
But I do think that there's times where people miss somewhere and then all of a sudden your strategy has to change. And I believe if you get to this, like let's say in the first round you go and you grab, you're in the back end, you grab a Devontae Adams, and then you come around the other end and you really wanted a Tyree kill. Well, now you're coming to the back end of the third round, and you're right, there's not a lot of guys that are there to take a running back. I do believe if you do it correctly and you can get three of those running backs that are going to end up in the top 10, top 12, top 15, I'm sorry, receivers that can end up in the top 10 to top 15, you have a good chance to still make this work for you. It's after that point is when you have to surround these receivers with the good, with the guy. It's when you have to then become strong enough to skip a running back because where people mess up is then they freak out and they take the running backs in round five six seven eight and we all know that area is running back dead zone their adps there just aren't that great you have to be willing to get your guy maybe and just to throw out a name that people think is going to be wonderful here like a Brees hall or um getting even a travis yeah, but then you're asking on. to be lucky like that, that then but, you're but, asking to be lucky because you're right. asking for Brees hall to have a breakout year who's shown no proof that he can have a breakout year. No proof that he's even the number one guy. Like you're you're asking to be lucky. That's my point. Like well, that's not a strategy. Luck is not a strategy. Like it's so, nice to be lucky and it might happen, but that's not an effective strategy. So what if you what if you come out of your first four rounds with let's say Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, AJ Brown, you you wait on a running back, and then in the ninth you can take you can take Rashad Penny, who's a number one. You get his handcuff and Ken Walker in the 11th. And in between that, you've got guys like a rushing QB, like a Jalen Hurts. You got a top tier quarter uh, tight end, like a, like a uh, Mark Andrews to a, to a Kyle Pitts type area. On what planet are you getting Jamar Chase, CD Lamb and AJ Brown in your first? Um, if you are getting Jamar Chase at the seventh or eighth pick, then you can come around and get CD Lamb at the backside of the second round, the uh, second round. And then AJ Brown may be there in the very beginning of the first round, a uh, third round. You're not picking in the very beginning of the third round. You're picking at the middle to the end of the third round. Okay. He could still be in the middle position in the third round. That's a possibility. What? That is absolutely there a possibility. There is no way. No, you're, you're asking for A.J. Brown, who's going as right now the wide receiver, I believe, 11, 28th overall. He's he's dropping that far? You're, talk, you're talking seen... in, a, in, a, in a – you're talking – we're talking 12-team standard league here. You're getting mm-hmm. Jamar Chase at seven, which means you're getting – CD Lamb at what? What is that? I can't even. 14. Seven? No. no Cur- currently, right now, CD Jamar Chase is uh, he's going as the ninth overall player, wide receiver three. CD Lamb is going as the wide receiver seven at pick 17. And then AJ Brown is going as the wide receiver 11, uh, going no, at pick 28. You're not getting wide receiver three, seven, and 11 in the first three rounds, picking in the middle of, of, of the first round. I mean, you just said they were going at nine. So yeah, if you re- you can you're gonna have to reach on CD Lamb at that point, or reach on AJ Brown coming back around. What are you talking about reach? You're you talking about twelve team league. You AJ. said nine. You said nine for for Jamar Chase. Seven. Right? You you. This, I'm using your scenario. Picking somebody. Right. Picking Jamar Chase at seven. You're on, at so he's number, there. Yeah. So at pick seventeen or eighteen, CD Lamb has to be there, and then you have to wait. Another 14 picks. So then you have to wait for AJ Brown to be there well into the picks in the 30s. That's not going to happen. Picking seven, you're not picking 17. Yes, you are. You're picking seven. You got five more picks left in the first round and then five picks on the way back. 
Okay. CD Lamb is gonna. You just said he was gonna be there at seventeen. Did I, you not? I said no. I'm saying even if CD Lamb is there, even even if he makes it that far, then you have to wait another fourteen picks to get AJ Brown. It's not yeah. happening. That scenario is not happening in fantasy football in 2022, especially will. talking about the running back position in which you are now saying is is there's this group of running backs that are that are dead. If you pass on a running back in the first two, three rounds and you don't get the, the likes of uh, Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley, you don't you don't have the luxury of then passing on more guys to go all the way down to a Rashad Penny. Like, what are you going to draft? Just more receivers? I mean, you get you get one of the top notch tight ends. You you definitely in the sixth or seventh round, you were taking one of those running style QBs. Then so you're you hoping have... to be lucky. Because everyone's going to reach on on a, on a Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, and those guys no, earlier. No, then no, you're be, you're hoping to be lucky with the running backs that you're selecting. Because again, to your point, to my point, Brees Hall is not guaranteed to be the guy. Uh, right. He was the Penny earliest not, name, and that was literally just pulling. Rashad Penny's not guaranteed to be through. the guy. We've already talked about Kenneth Walker overtaking that. So when you get to Chase Edmonds, as much as we love him, and we've talked about how high he could be, there's no that he might not be the guy. So again, but you have you, to be lucky. Well, also again, and I just want to reiterate, I did state like you don't. This I'm I'm talking about adapting to the strategy if something goes awry. First that's off, why, that, that's that is, why I said I don't right. think you can leave you the shouldn't. first two rounds. You shouldn't let it. You should not let it. I agree. But like, let's talk about those guys who are doing like we're here to give fantasy to everybody. So let's talk about those guys who mess up and grab Josh Allen. I'm telling them don't do it. Thing. I that's understand. The keys to the and city. I'm telling them how to get out of it when they mess up because they freak out on a pick, grab something they didn't mean to do, and now they have to focus elsewhere. If you get through your first eight rounds, and let's say you didn't do your running back, and you got eight rounds, you got four really good receivers, you got one of the top tight ends, you have a rushing QB. Now you can you, now you can go and it, the luck comes out of your hand because once you grab that first guy who is a Rashad Penny who at least is going to start the year to number one, there's nothing preventing you from grabbing a running back on your very next pick who might also be the number one in their situation or grabbing the Ken Walker to your Rashad Penny so you're you're taking care of that entire backfield. This isn't something I'm telling you to dive headfirst into, but it is something I'm telling you that there are ways to do it if you mess up. I, in your I will say this. Has people won with their running back strategy? Yes, of course. It happens. Fantasy it's football. not easy. It is not but an easy thing to do. When you look at a roster, this is why people get so enamored with doing it. When you look at a roster, and to AJ's point, when you get um, a Jalen Hurts, a J- Justin Jefferson, an AJ Brown, a, a DJ Moore, like that, that's, say that's your first four, and you happen to get a, a, a TJ Hawkinson or somebody, you know, a good tight end, Dalton Schultz. And you're like, okay, I'm looking at my roster. This is a nice roster. But the minute you throw those running backs in there, which is so <laughs> important in fantasy football, your season is most likely going to be lost. Unless you pick the right breakout candidate. Like you said, you have to get lucky. You, it has to be the James Robinson year. You find him on the waiver wire. Or you have to draft one of those running backs late that have some magical season. And I'm sorry, that to me doesn't happen enough. I'd much rather... I think it's much more of an effective strategy to take the short thing at running back and mm-hmm. know that my wide receiver uh, that I'm getting in the fifth, sixth round, like a Chris Godwin, like a, a Cortland Sutton, like a Darnell Mooney. Like we know what those guys are. We know what those guys floors are. So like as bad as they're going to be, they're probably going to be good enough at the wide receiver position where as running backs, you don't know that you get every single 
I want to have some fun. We're all friends here. I think for our fantasy league for the Sac City this year, just to see if it can be done. And I just said we shouldn't plan to do this. It should be an awry. You know what? Nope. I'm going to plan to do it. Nope. In no. our fantasy league, please God, I'm no. going to go zero running back. You can plan God, to do whatever no. you want. I sh- I sure hope you don't I'm do that. Go zero running back. Well, I will Great. say I will say it, it it might be if you go zero running back, you better go quarterback because it's a super flex league. <laughs> can we? So can, uh, you know what I mean. It's a little bit different uh, with the super well, that changes you can things. Take the quarterback that, that in the first things. round. So. That definitely changes things. So never, yeah, I forgot we were super flexing this year. All right. Could okay. we also not do that? I, I, I would also not want to have that happen because then what? when AJ loses, it's like, oh, I don't go two RBs. No. Like that's what I'm doing. <laughs> no, no, excuse. Not He's already building the excuses. That would be your excuse. That would be your excuse. No, because I'd be like, hey, I tried it. I, it wouldn't matter. And, and plus, I still believe I'd finish ahead of you. So, okay. <laughs> hey, I just know, I just know, Mister King of the Excuses would end up whipping that bad boy out when he doesn't win the championship. I don't know what Take, you're talking about. Taking notes, guys. I had any excuses when I was in the top three last year. So, taking notes, guys. I mean, you're. I'm not you know, saying you're a bad. You know, Bentley's in the comments right now, just like, well, I'm the winner. <laughs> I'm the champ. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, all right, I, I think hey, better to be lucky than good, Bailey. Better to be lucky. That's what it is, right there. All right, Aaron, you got three more keys left to go. These are Let's. Quick. Yeah, these are quick. Um, number three, the key is just understand value. Understand value. Don't play. Don't don't play with your heart, Vinny. Understand value. If a player's sitting there, if Derrick Henry is there in the second round. And sitting in the middle of the second round, I'm like, I just don't draft Derrick Henry. I'll never draft him. And you have so much pride because you don't like him. Uh, then shame on you. You're probably losing. Don't have too much pride. Don't fall in love with players. Understand the value and take them at their appropriate value. Um, the next one is first rounders should be a sure thing. And this goes to my point. We do not draft. Like I said, I talked about drafting upside. Upside's great. When you have two players that are similar and one has more upside, sure, go with that player. But make sure your first round pick be a sure thing and again not barring barring injury obviously anybody can get injured but i'm not looking for a high risk first round pick so if the guy you like i think it's just going to be his breakout year rashad penny this is his breakout year he had a great <laughs> end of the last year if you want to be that guy reach for rashad penny in the first round you're probably please understand that your first rounder is the foundation of your team you need to make sure that first round pick is giving you what you signed up for so um, just make sure it's a sure thing, again, outside of injuries that we can't predict. Um, and then the last thing, don't reach until it's time to reach. A lot of people want to be the first to get somebody. I want to be the first one to get that rookie. I want to be the first one to get this player that has so much upside. If there are players on the board that have done it and are better value and are in a better situation, take them. Don't feel like, oh, no, somebody's going to take my my sleeper uh, and I have to take them around too early now. Just take the guy at the value. I'm telling you, in the long run, it'll be more beneficial, especially if you play in a lot of leagues. Again, can you get lucky? Sure. But more times than not, passing on Mike Evans, take Drake London, because you think Drake London is the number one. It's not going to work out well for you when you know what Mike Evans is going to give you. So just understand that kind of stuff um, and take the value. Quick, quick question to that point, your last point on reaching. What's your thought process on reaching when you're in those that one, two spot, 11, 12 spot, and you're on that back end of the turn and you're not picking for, you know, 12 to 15 to 20 picks? Yeah, I think that's a a little bit of a different situation. I do think there are times where you're going to pass for guys that 
you feel are going to be better. I think in those situations, though, you're looking for guys that are still similar, right? When you're right. in the back end of the first round and you have, say, an Alvin Kamara there and an Aaron Jones, but maybe Tyreek Hill's a little bit further down if you really think Tyreek Hill is maybe undervalued as far as ADP goes, then taking a Tyreek Hill in that situation is not that bad of a thing. Um, what I'm more talking about is the unknowns, right? The guys that right. we haven't right. seen before, a lot of rookies, a lot of, quote, breakout third-year guys or second-year yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, being on the corners is tough because you know you're not going to pick for a long time. Kind of have to evaluate everybody's roster. And I think that's what people fail to do. Uh, but I'm also a guy that says I take best available player regardless of position of need. If Ezekiel Elliott's dropping to the fifth round, but I've already drafted two of my running backs, I'm taking Ezekiel oh. Elliott. I don't care. Like, I don't care how many running backs. So uh, being on the corners is a little bit different. Just understand where the players are at and their, and their value. Know where you're at. Know where you're at. Uh, you need you all your keys, right? That was all that, yep. that was it? Good. Yep. Perfect. Great. Uh, all right. That does it for our keys to the city presented by our brand new sponsor in Manscaping. You know what? We're locking it down. This is presented by Manscaped's deodorant. Oh, my. Oh, my. You know, when we talk about keys to the city, talk about keys, a key to life is not smelling like shit. And what what way do you not smell like shit? Is de- putting some damn deodorant on. It ain't that hard. You smell that? It's Manscaped's deodorant. That's the magic of their ultra-premium deodorant and signature refined cologne-quality fragrance under your arms. Don't be walking out the house without deodorant. Don't be walking out the house without your Manscaped premium odor protection deodorant. Right now, you can get it today at manscaped.com. Use that promo code SACCITY. At checkout to save 20% off. Let's do it, gentlemen. Let's get in to our league winners and our players to avoid. Aaron, let's start it off. Players you must avoid this draft season. Yeah. You know, we talked about we talked about players that I don't like, like a like a Derrick Henry. Um, my player to avoid is T. Higgins. And this is gonna sound crazy, but I've wow. mentioned T. Higgins before um, in the similar category of, of a Terry McLaurin. Um, re- really, that's really what it, what it boils down like a Terry McLaurin. It looks good. Everything looks good on paper, but he's being so overdrafted. And so I think that's really where it comes down to. It's just understanding the value of where a guy is being drafted and where I think his value ends up being at the end of, at the, end of the day. Being re- drafted as the wide receiver 12. I just think that's too high. He's he hasn't he's not producing at the wide receiver 12. We haven't seen wide receiver 12 numbers. Um, I think this is something he's only been wide receiver 24 and wide receiver 28. He played 14 and 16 games. So outside for six touchdowns, thousand yards almost in both seasons. How much better can T. Higgins be with the addition of Jamar Chase? Last year he couldn't do it. And now Jamar Chase is going to take another step. Um, this is a high volume run game. They love to run Joe Mixon. He gets work out of the backfield and you still have a Tyler Boyd. I just think he's being overdrafted. And uh, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, it's making me choke up because I like T Higgins so much, but <laughs> I, I do think that T Higgins is a player that I think I'm going to be avoiding in most drafts because I'm not taking him at his 80. My player, uh, and, you know, may not be a sexy pick or anything. And uh, to be honest, some people may have got saved from going this route because this player got injured last year and kind of slowed down on his trajectory. But he's in a great offense, and uh, we will be looking for tight ends. And I'm thinking of one Dawson Knox. 
from the Buffalo Bills. Had a great year last year for the most part till he got hurt, broke his hand, even threw a touchdown with that broken hand, which owned him, uh, gained him some points with us. But uh, last year, 10th among uh, tight ends in PPR scoring. Uh, but it was mostly because of his touchdown. He was very touchdown dependent. He was on 17th in receptions, 15th in yards among all tight ends. And his touchdowns were at nine, which is tied with elite guys like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. And then you can throw in Hunter Henry, who just caught touchdowns all last season, who also had nine. Uh, But those other guys are key cogs in their offense. They are getting the targets. They are starters week in and week out. And I don't think you're going to see the same thought process with one Dawson Knox. This year, you're also fighting with so many more people for targets. Not to mention Stefan Diggs is already going to account for probably 150 plus as he did last season. We all have a lot of high hopes for uh, Gabriel Davis this year, who Aaron will tell you was one of the most targeted red zone threats. So that already puts a knock on Dawson Knox. Uh, And then they added guys like Jamison Crowder. They added OJ Howard, who, yes, has been injury prone, has not stepped out and been the tight end we thought could be. But there's always a year for these talented guys. And who's to say that with a guy like uh, Josh Allen, it can't be this year that OJ Howard steps in if he can stay injured or stay healthy. So um, I just think if you're going to get a Dawson Knox, he might be one of your streamer tight ends or a guy that you made, you're just lost for words and you fortify your roster with a second tight end for some dumbass reason, then you can do it. Uh, but just know that Dawson Knox more than likely is going to be very touchdown dependent again with so many more weapons that they're going to be looking for in their offense. I'm going to come in here and I give you my player to avoid. I just, you guys might hate me for this and I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm owning up to the, I'm owning up to this. Other reasons. I'm avoiding and I'm avoiding Cam Akers. I'm avoiding drafting Cam Akers where he is being drafted. He's going right now, uh, right now as the RB 18 going at pick 35 in drafts. I, I, A, I think that's too high. And B, I just don't, I don't need to, I don't, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of what Cam Akers and the Los Angeles Rams offense is going to be. There's a lot of chatter about Daryl Henderson through training camp. And I know training camp rumors, you can't buy into all of it, but it seems like this is going to be once again, another Rams backfield where it's like, is it Daryl Henderson? Is it Sony Michelle? Is it Cam Akers? And what evidence, I mean, Cam Akers is coming back from a very serious injury. And in the playoffs last year, he didn't do, he wasn't that productive. 13 carries, 21 yards, 13 carries, 48 yards, 24 carries, 48 yards. He, it, the, the productivity wasn't even there in the playoffs to say, okay, I trust that Cam Akers is going to be able to return that value where you're drafting him uh, in drafts right now uh, as the RB18. I'm not saying, and this isn't just a, 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 we're saying players to avoid. It's not saying you're not going to completely draft them. If they fall to a good value pick, then you could say, okay, I consider, I'd consider drafting them. But that's where it, it would have to be for Cam Akers for me to to go after him if, if that value is there. Because if not, I'm, I'm avoiding him. And I, even if there's value, I'm, really strongly consider avoiding him just because the uncertainty of that offense, that backfield is just, I can't trust him, man. And I need, hasn't shown enough to say, okay, I can trust Cam Akers is going to be back to uh, an RB, a fringe RB two player. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's right. I think a lot of people are in on Cam Akers and I think it's a little premature. Um, I, I, I like him as a talent, but what have we really seen from Cam Akers? We saw a span of two games, two or three games, in 2020, uh, where he, he ran and had, had some nice work. And literally, I think it might have even have been just really one big game against uh, New England that he really showed out. Um, everybody talks about the end of that season, but he didn't play two of the last 
three games, I think, or at least one of the last two games, didn't run that well. Uh, he had two or three games stretched where he started to show out, where they kind of said, okay, this is who we're going to go to. And then into the playoffs, um, he was he was running well. But it's almost like the Rashad Penny talk to me. Super talented, hasn't done it, didn't play all last year, coming from an Achilles tear. Uh, I have similar concerns with Cam Akers. Yeah, and you look at – so his, his yards per – he's just – there's just not much there. There really just is not that much there. I'm afraid of Cam Akers. Let's go into the players that are going to be your league winners. Aaron, who's winning it all for you? Josh Jacobs. This is the, it's Josh <laughs> Jacobs. And look, I know I put him as RB18 or 19 or whatever it is. That's strictly because that's where people are drafting him. Um, and I'm okay with doing that. I'm okay with keeping him at RB20. You want to draft him at RB20? I promise you, if I get the chance, he won't be there. Josh Jacobs is going to win you leagues this year. He is going to be a workhorse back. AJ, the main point that I wanted to come back at you is everybody keeps saying Josh McDaniels doesn't run one guy. Do we forget that Sony Michelle was there and had 250 carries in New England before he left? The reason he didn't run one guy is because they haven't had one guy to really run outside of a Sony Michelle and now a Damian Harris who last year finally came on with the addition of obviously a Ramondre Stevenson. But even last year, Damian Harris had 200 carries. Josh Jacobs is far more talented than any of those guys that have been in the backfield in New England. And he's gotten work out of the pass game. He looked very, very good in that preseason game. And despite what I originally thought of him wanting to play, McDaniels came out and said, I feel it's important running backs do play in preseason and get reps. And again, you can't keep this guy off the field as much as he's banged up shows up every day he is the one sure thing that you know if he can play he is going to play and we've seen it over the past two seasons he's been in the top 12 13 in running back position since he's been in the league i don't know why it changes this year i think at his adp if you draft josh jacobs he's going to give you that return and you're going to he's going to be a league winner this year because people are afraid of him like aj and uh they're going to keep passing on him and then he's going to fall in my lap in round five six and that dead zone where nobody wants to draft a running back and I'm going to pick up Josh Jacobs and he's going to be my third or fourth best running back and it's going to be illegal. I've slowly, I've slowly crept up on the Josh Jacobs hype. I used to not be, I, I started off back in like July, June. I was like, you know, I'm really afraid of Josh Jacobs. You know, they didn't invest in him. They don't care about him. And, and the more I say they don't care about him, like they're going to run Like the more I running say that they're going to get rid of him. him they're going to run him to the ground. And I just, I, uh, Josh Jacobs is, I think you're right. I just I don't right. understand where it comes from seeing that he's never shown anything bad. Yeah. Like that, that's where I don't, I guess that's what I don't get. It's like, it's, it's easy to say, Oh, somebody didn't perform. I can sour on him, but yeah. he's not old. He's only 24. Uh, I mean, like, 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 I, I, like I, I was I, saying, I'll, that's just all I've been hearing. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, <laughs> I, I didn't mean for the beginning of my sentence to interrupt the middle of your sentence. But uh, uh, the, uh, it's, it just seems like everywhere, like fantasy focus, I've been hearing it. Fantasy footballers, I've been hearing it. Just straight ESPN, I've been hearing it. Random ass podcast for whatever reason, because the the autoplay is on. I've been None hearing of it. Ever it seems like every single world, every single person apparently is just out there on some Josh Jacobs hate. And I they figured are. the consensus was moving through it. Now you say the word scared, I won't go that far, but I do, I do think that it's there's going to be more touches to go around in that backfield than just Josh Jacobs. Well, that's fair, but I mean, what are yeah. we talking? 
Like, I mean, I'm, I mean, he had 217 carries last year, I think it was something in yeah, that, that area. That was his least amount of carries last year. 217. Yeah, well, John Gruden's a ball. Well, let's not talk too. But that's what I'm saying. So, in, in 217 <laughs> yeah. carries, he was able yeah. to produce uh, running back 11 numbers. And because yeah. he's he's very good. I just don't, he, that's what tough. I get. I, I don't he's get tough. it. He's, he likes to be on the field. I get it. I, I mean, I just, I, I think, I think you may see 20 of those, 30 of those carries go to as a mere so white. Is it fair? Is, see, it fair to, is it fair to say that Josh, well, are you saying he doesn't get 200 carries this year? Because I would say it's a very think, low number to give the RB1 200 carries. I would so, say, I think, I think right around there. I think it'll okay, be so if he right gets on the cusp. So if he gets 200 carries this year in what's supposed to be a better offensive line, they are better. They add Devontae Adams and more weapons. He's the red zone threat that they love. How how do we go backwards? Like what is what is taking what is what is then souring people away? Regardless of how good Samir White comes in and plays, yeah, that's nice to have an, an additional piece. But if he's getting the 200 carries and we know he's effective when he's on the field, what is souring people from him saying, you know what, that's a top 15 guy like he's been every year in the NFL? So I, I, I will think, I do think that he may be the uh, red zone threat as a running back, but Devontae Adams is a very savvy operator in the red zone. A lot of, a lot of the touchdowns that Josh Jacobs could have got in the red zone could be going to Devontae Adams. Uh, a lot of the touchdowns that are going to come from outside that zone, I think could be going to Devontae Adams. I think Hunter Renfro can step up and be a little bit more free this year. Um, to be able to operate in more space, again, because there's other weapons that they're actually paying attention to. And last year, even with Darren Waller kind of getting back on his horse, that wasn't that didn't stop. Uh, there wasn't really a real threat in the receiving game outside of that and him and, uh, and Hunter Renfro. And what they were doing, a lot of catches, a lot of moving the ball, but it wasn't producing score after score after score. And I think with the Devontae Adams being in the mix, he's going to take away some of the touchdowns that a Josh Jacobs can get. He's going to take away some of that red zone work that a Josh Jacobs can get. So if Josh Jacobs ain't scoring from, you know, 20 yards out, I'm not saying he's not going to score touchdowns. He's talented. And I do think you'll get some of the red zone work, but I think that will also be split a little bit more evenly this year. Touchdowns could be fair, but I mean, he's not some huge touchdown guy. It's not like he's putting right. up 18, 20, which puts right. up 10 a year. Like I, Easily see the Raiders' offense being better this year. Ten touchdowns for Josh Jacobs to me should be right around so the number. Gets, so if he gets six touchdowns this year, because let's say three of them go to Devontae Adams in the red zone, one goes to Darren Waller that he would have had last year. Yeah, but they're going to score more That's, this year. Like it, it's not going to. It's easy to say there's touchdown regression, but in three seasons, yeah. they've he's put up aver- on average about ten, about ten a year. Okay. So on average, about ten a year. If I give him ten. With 200 carries, he's probably going to run for more yardage this year because I assume they're again they're again better offensively. So a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns, it's like the Zeke numbers. They don't stand out. They're not 1400 yards. Yeah. That's going to be an RB one every single, and that to move them all the way down to the back end of an RB two almost. I, I just think that's a huge drop off for real no no real substance as to say why it's going to happen. But everybody else, when they bring in guys like Devontae Adams and threats on the outside, we say, oh, it's going to open things up. It's going to make it easier to run the ball. But in this case, we're like, nah, Josh Jacobs, you're going to get worse because Devontae Adams is on the field. I don't get it. Hey, man, the way quarterbacks look at Devontae Adams, boy, I wish I had someone to look at me that way. I'm just saying, you get a Devontae Adams on your team, you forget you have other players, apparently, because Aaron Rodgers found a way to yeah, get 100 if, more if, targets to Devontae Adams. If you said that about Hunter Renfro, <laughs> if you said Hunter Renfro takes a drop, I'd be like, yep, that, that could happen. 
You said Darren Waller might not get as many targets? Yeah, that could happen. I think that's going to happen, too. But Josh McDaniels is still going to turn around and hand the ball off to his running back. Like, yeah. saw last year. They ran the ball a lot in New England. Uh, saw it in the preseason game. I know the starters weren't playing, but they were not shy about running the football. They yeah. lined up, and they ran the football a ton in that preseason game. Um, if that's any kind of sign of anything to come, I'm still super excited for Deion. I know I took the spot. I told you I wanted to. I, I kept rebuttaling, so it ain't your fault. <laughs> I'll cap it off probably with a lesser take. Uh, you know, before the show, I had James Robinson listed as my league winner, and then Aaron was like, man, that's not – you just shat on it. And I was like, you know what? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Wait, AJ, you did you give your league winner? Not yet. Holy shit. AJ, you, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead then. But I'll I mean, go ahead. I started, so just yeah. finish. Uh, mine, <laughs> you said, you said James Robinson. That's not that, that you laughed at. It. You know what? I was like, okay, all right. So I got my James Robinson love out at the beginning of this show. I'm going to go with a different running back. And this is a rookie running back. And I want to, I want to emphasize league winner league winners last year. You think of guys like Rashad Penny guys like that, not guys that were season long investments that you say, okay, they got you to the championship and that, that was great. There's those guys. But then there's those league winners that pop up in like week, weeks 11 and on. My guy is Isaiah Spiller, the rookie running back out of Los Angeles. He's already taking first team reps with the Los Angeles Chargers. Last year, Austin Eckler had over 200 touches in that offense, 200, over 200 carries in that offense alone. The workload for Austin Eckler has increased and he has shown not to be the most healthy of running backs. And I'm not predicting an injury. I'm not saying you have to count on, on Austin Eckler to be injured for Isaiah Spiller to be your league winner. But I think they drafted Isaiah Spiller for a reason to be able to come in and take the load off of Austin Eckler. And I think that Isaiah Spiller is a very talented running back. Love this team coming out of Texas A&M. He's got the potential. He's there. They love him. Brandon Staley loves him. He's a raving about it. Not only his actual ability during practice, but his blocking, all that. I mean, and you're getting him in the close to the 12th round. Like it's, you're getting the value if you were to stash him for the season. He's not obviously going to pop off weeks one through eight, one through 10. Who knows? But we talk about like handcuffs of like you draft Alvin Cook to get your Alexander Madison. You draft your Christian McCarr, uh, your Ezekiel Elliott. You get your Tony Pollard. You draft your Austin Eckler, you get your Isaiah Spiller. He's going to be a league winner. I'm, I, I, I can see it now. Isaiah Spiller is going to be a league winner. You don't like it. Do it. You don't like Do it. it. Go. No, I just hit me with your best shot. I don't feel like. I don't feel like. I, I get what you're saying because the only way Isaiah Spiller is a league winner is if Austin Eckler's hurt. Yep. Can't have Austin Eckler healthy. And Isaiah Spiller be a league winner because an Austin Eckler's on the field. He's going to be the guy, regardless of even if they mix in an Isaiah Spiller, he's not going to have enough production, enough attempts to be a league winner. So I, I, I just like cringe at the idea when you even when you said like Rashad Penny was a league winner last year, but Rashad Penny wasn't drafted. Nobody cared about Rashad Penny on draft day. And we're talking about people that are going to be drafted today. We're, people are drafted right now. When he's talking about pick the league winner, pick a guy that's projected well, to be a, a wide receiver for. And, and you're going to draft, but it's going to be top 12 or top 15 or top 20 as a wide receiver and coming into the league. So I get what you're saying. I do agree that Isaiah Spiller is first off the bench for an Austin Eckler. And a guy like that could end up being a league winner when the season's all said and done. If Austin Eckler is not healthy. Last, last year, winner. last year, 
from weeks 11 on, Justin Jackson was RB30. And I think Isaiah Spiller is better than Justin Jackson. I think Isaiah Spiller might get even a little bit more workload than a Justin Jackson did. So Yeah, but that's not going to win you a league. That's not Rashad Penny RB1 stuff. Like Jamar Chase last I, year was drafted in, what, the fifth, sixth round? But he's wide receiver one. That's a league winner. Like getting 10, 12 points a week from Isaiah Spiller I, is not going to win you a fantasy football. I spun it in a different way. James Robinson's my league winner, damn it. James Robinson was a league winner a couple of years ago, right? When you, when people drafted him after they got rid of Fournette. James, James Robinson's going to be a league winner too. League winner. But all hail so Isaiah Spiller. I get, I get what you're saying. And again, I, I completely agree with you. I just, in draft season, when I think about league winner, who are you drafting as what they are at the ADP that are going to outproduce that number significantly? Go from a wide receiver three to a wide receiver one. Go from an RB flex style to a back-end RB1. Like, those are the guys that I'm thinking about. Um, but yes, you are 100% right. If Austin Eckler is hurt, Isaiah Spiller could win you some leagues. And may, but, I, and, but we'll get into the handcuff talk another day because I, I don't believe in drafting handcuffs. And, and, and maybe when we, when we go back and do sleepers, I'll have Isaiah Spiller here again, so we'll, we'll talk about him more later. AJ, your league winner to finish us off. My league winner is somebody I wish I didn't uh, not spend a contract on last season because uh, now it's going to be really hard to get him in one of my leagues, but I digress. I am going with a quarterback, and it's going to be none other than Mr. Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. I am all in uh, on Jalen Hurts this season. I think he's going to have a much better season. Uh, last year was already really damn good. It finished as QB9, 10th uh, overall, and then uh, – only four weeks last season did he not score 20 or more fantasy points, including seven of the first weeks in a row that he scored over 20 points. Uh, I I believe this year Jalen Hurts is going to be a top three QB. Uh, he had 11 QB1 finishes last season. And he only threw 16 passing touchdowns. He led all quarterbacks last year in rushing touchdowns with 10, and he averaged about 8.43 rushing points per game. I think that number is going to go up because you are going to be giving a lot more uh, attention to these weapons. Devontae Smith is a year older uh, and a year older in the NFL. A.J. Brown is in there now, so you can, you can take those 16 passing touchdowns between the two of them and a step up in Quez Watkins. I'd be shocked if he doesn't hit at least 24 touchdowns. And they're already talking more about how his accuracy and his comfortability in the pocket has grown immensely from just last season. Uh, now, again, they aren't in gameplay, so you know that can change a little bit. But I think having... Uh, the first, for the first time since high school, having the same offensive scheme and the same play caller may help him as well to stay comfortable and to outperform uh, where he's going this year. So I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be another back-to-back year of just 20-point 20 20 plus performances, and uh, he is my league winner this season. You like that, Vinny? Why, like what? that? I'm asking, do you like that? I think Jalen Hurts is going to be great. I, I, I do too. I'm not. I'm, I'm asking if you liked it. I did. <laughs> you I, I, I did. Okay. Well, you're not. I, I, I always got to. You know me. I'm always going to play the other side, and I actually ag- agree most with what he said. Well, like, go ahead and play the other side and call me out about if I like it or not, bitch. Say what you were saying. Nothing. No. I, you know me. I always play the other side. I don't care. I don't have a problem with that. Devil's advocate's my thing. Um, like I said, I like I like Jalen Hurts. I, I think honestly, where he's slated to be drafted is about where he's at. I guess the question I would ask AJ. Is 350 points enough to get you in the top three? Like 350 fantasy points over the year. Because I do think the increase, I do, obviously there's going to be an increase in touchdown passes. 
year. I think 16 is just yeah. you know, a, a too low of yeah. a number. But I also think he's not going to need to run the ball as much when you get an A.J. Brown and a Devontae Smith um, out there. So I, I do think that scales back a little bit. But on your on your points per game basis, around 20 points per game, let's just say he averages that, that over the course of 17, about 340 points. Say I give him 350, 360. I don't know that that gets him into the top three and quarter. Three is QB. Um, yeah, just because you're going to have – some, I mean, Josh Allen's obviously QB1. Yeah. He's going to throw yeah. for 40 touchdowns, wow. run for another 10, throw yeah. for 10,000 yards. It's Josh Allen. I mean, Dude. he's great, right? Everything goes through him. Yeah. Uh, plus, he has a really good offense. It, it's just kind of already built in, and he's really good. And then you got those other guys that are behind him. Um, usually, there's usually a couple of guys that are sitting between 375 and 400 points overall in total in fantasy, and I think that's usually about where the top five kind of then taper off. Everybody after that is layered very, very close. So do I think Jalen Hurts can get into that top five? I do. I'm not yeah. sure he can get all the way up to top three just because of the passing numbers. I don't think get there. I think Philly runs the ball a little bit too much for that. But again, that's splitting hairs. Yeah. Um, arguing whether that that is considered league winner or not. I, I don't I wouldn't say I would do that. It, he's going what fifth, sixth round. It's about where I'm drafting Jalen Hurts. I'm probably again not going to end up with him on my team, but Sixth round, maybe you get not gonna end if up. If you can get not, if you get to the top three, that will be a league win. Like like yeah. to your point. If he does get there, that's a league win. Not gonna end up on my team, but I'm just gonna end up trading for him in week two, <laughs> and then he's gonna end up being on my team after that, and then I'm gonna trade him again in week six, and then I'll get him back for the championship in week nine, and then we'll roll. All right. <laughs> hey, but the fact of the matter is, as you noticed, you said he'll be um I'll be trading back for him for a championship. Like that's what I do. I play for championship every year. That's what I do. Well, you lost to Bailey, so that's heartbreaking. Oh, again, to all of us. again, you, lo- you lost it I don't for the win city. every league. You I don't lost win. it for the wait, city wait, wait. last year. I don't year. win every league, but I play for championship. I put myself. I'm like New England. I put myself in position to win in mostly all of my fantasy. That's how. That's what well, I do. Well, guess I what? Honestly I honestly can't remember the last season I didn't have a league or two where I was playing for a championship. It's just like that's just just what has to happen. Well, guess, guess guess what, New England? You're today's New England, out of shape, chubby, <laughs> and have no direction at all this season. <laughs> hey, so as I told you last year, when we, when we did the rough cut league, Sac City Podcast League, I'll be in the championship again. I'll say it now. So whoever joins our league when we when we break that out, hey, AJ, you know you Aaron, notice how that well, shit's dropped. Again, you notice how that shit's dropped. That wasn't what it was right. last season. Last season no, was. I said, I, every I year I say I'm going to win. I'm winning the championship. Put every year I say I'm going to win. I double every, that shit. Hey, should say you're win. Every year I say I'm going to win. As as I should. I and every it. year I have an opportunity to win. I get it. I, I mean, it. that's not my fault. You were out by week four. You didn't have a chance anymore. Hey, man, I was I was zero five. You were I was bragging point for Dylan. I beat the Yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, I, 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 last season was the first time I ever went started zero and four or zero and five, and I ended up almost pushing for a playoff spot. But I digress. That does it for another episode, though, or for the first episode. I'm gonna test something out here for the fantasy drive. Presented by the Sac City Podcast. Get a fantasy drive because it's a drive street. Sac City, we're a city. I digress. We'll work on it. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow morning for another Sac City Podcast episode live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But really, subscribe to us on on YouTube because that's where the place is to be. It's got the best content. It's really – I mean, that's the only place to be. For my best friend Aaron Mukes and for your boy AJ Johnson, I am me. We will see you tomorrow.
Holla. How was that for some top tier NFL content? If you enjoyed that episode, go ahead and hit that follow button before you go. And don't forget to check us out on your favorite social media platform at Sac City Pod. Welcome to the city.